order to fire at a fleeing suspect, there must be an imminent threat of death or serious physical injury to the officer or another person. Because Jones never looked back at Palnell in the video and his hands were empty, he posed no imminent or immediate threat to Palnell. As a result of this investigation, Officer Palnell will be suspended for 30 days with intent to dismiss. Are you yeah. demanding murder charges specifically be filed against this Absolutely. I want them to file murder charge. I want this cop arrested for murder. That's right. What he did, he murdered my son. He needed to be arrested for it. I'm Flood the Drummer, and you're listening to Drumming for Justice. What's up, everybody? I'm Flood the Drummer, and it's September 13th, 2018. This is day four in a week-long look at the fatal police shooting of David Jones and the high-profile events that followed. On Monday, Ike Raw, founder of the Justice for David Jones Coalition, and I reflected on the eyewitnesses' contributions to the movement and discussed how he ended up with, in the car with Ryan Pownow in the first place. On Tuesday, we broke down, moment by moment, the encounter between Mr. Pownow and Mr. Jones. And on Wednesday, we laid out the timeline for the many protests that followed the fatal police shooting. You can catch all of those episodes at anchor.fm slash flood the drummer or subscribe to Drumming for Justice on Apple Podcast. So today we're going to talk about the consequences for the disgraced former cop. On September 7th, 2017, Police Commissioner Richard Ross announced that Ryan Pownow will be suspended for 30 days with the intent to dismiss. This was no doubt a, seen as a win for the movement but it didn't go far enough. The mother of David Jones and others then called for Mr. Pownow to be charged with murder. Almost a year to the date that he was suspended, the DA indicted Mr. Pownow on criminal homicide, possession of an instrument of crime, and recklessly endangering, excuse me, recklessly endangering another person. This is the story of consequences and controversy. It is the duty of the district attorney's office to represent the Commonwealth. That means every person in the Commonwealth and do justice, which includes speaking the truth, applying justice equally, and exercising power with restraint. The Commonwealth includes the family of David Jones. It also includes Officer Pownell. We are applying justice even-handedly today and will do so moving forward. But we are also doing something that is regrettably unusual in the history of the city of Philadelphia, because this is a city, like many other American cities, where there has not been accountability for activity by police officers in uniform, especially when that activity involves violence against civilians. The grand jury's presentment has found that on June the 8th of 2017, David Jones was riding his dirt bike in the Juniata section of Philadelphia. Police officer Pownall pulled up to a traffic light at Whitaker Avenue in Hunting Park and saw David Jones cross Whitaker Avenue to pull into the parking lot of a nearby nightclub. 
Pownall, who was on duty at the time, was transporting three people, a father and his two children, to the police department's special victims unit for an interview about a crime that was committed against one of the children. Instead of following police protocol and continuing to the special victims unit, Pownall cut across oncoming traffic, pulled into the nightclub's parking lot, exited his patrol car, and approached Jones, who was with the dirt bike. Pownall next frisked Jones and felt a firearm on Jones, which led to a physical altercation. Pownall then attempted to shoot Jones, but Pownall's gun jammed. Jones threw his gun away from the confrontation according to what police officer Pownall told his fellow officer immediately after the shooting. Jones broke free and ran away from Pownall. Video recovered from the scene shows that Jones was unarmed and he never turned toward Pownall or gestured in a threatening manner during his flight, by which I mean during his running away. As Jones ran, unarmed, Pownall fired at least three shots toward Jones and traffic, hitting Jones twice in the back. Jones's body was searched at the scene. No gun was recovered on his person. Jones's firearm was recovered about 25 feet away from the altercation in the opposite direction from Jones's run, in the opposite direction from Jones's flight, approximately 25 feet behind where Pownall stood as he fired at Jones. The investigating grand jury found that by firing his gun in the direction of traffic, Pownall recklessly endangered other people in his vicinity that at the time of Jones's flight, Jones was not a danger to anyone and that Jones's death was not necessary to secure the apprehension of Jones. Ike Raw, welcome back to Drumming for Justice. Yep, yep, yep. What up, yeah. what up? So this has been a really reflective week for the both of us, I assume, right? I mean, just like going through this process and remembering uh, dates and emotions and feelings. I mean, just how, how are you feeling before we jump into day four of this? You know, the, uh, of what we've covered so far, um, how has the reflection been for you? Uh, it's really been eye-opening. It's really, you know, brought up some things. Just like yesterday, I was going over the stuff. I forgot, you know, a certain protest happened and everything like that because it was so much that went on. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to the day as well. and finishing. It's hard to imagine that so much happened in such a short window of time, right, from June to September. Right. And that's the thing. It seemed like this shit was going on for like a, <laughs> a, a year, but it was only like those little like two, three months. Mm-hmm. And those those made a big difference. Shout out to Gary uh, Butler 15 on Twitter. Uh, I don't know if you saw the tweet he sent us this morning, um, but he sent a message to you, me, and Asa saying that uh, uh, he know that we don't we don't do what we did for David Jones for um, recognition, 
but that our the results of our actions have to be uh, recognized. Oh yeah, shout out to Gary Butler. That's my guy, man. You know I don't really be on Twitter like that, like we was on the you know I mean right. radio and all that shit. I mean, but you know, shout out to them, man. I still got love for y'all, man. Don't think I get all don't, don't love y'all. <laughs> All right, so let's jump into it. We, we covered on Monday, we covered the witness. On Tuesday, we covered the shooting, uh, excuse me, the encounter and the shooting. On yesterday, Wednesday, we covered the protest, and that led us up to what we're going to talk about today, which is all of the protests from June 19th to uh, August 24th led us to September 7th when Police Commissioner Richard Ross announced that Ryan Panow will be suspended with the intent to dismiss after 30 days. Uh, one of the things that he said uh, when he announced the shooting was, uh, quote, in this case, there were serious policy violations committed on video. I saw it. The shooting investigators saw it. That's where it starts and stops. He was very, you know, succinct when announcing this uh, firing. Would you agree? It, it, there was no equivocation. He was like, look, you know, from the beginning, I had pause. Serious policy violations were were, were were taking place. Jones never turned around in a threatening manner. This was, uh, you know, and, and, and for lack of better words, this was fucked up from beginning to end. Flood, if you remember that day, uh, I uh, praised Commissioner Richard Ross, uh, which I normally don't do. You know, it's very often that I do, but I did because the way, and I keep telling people, just go back to that video. Mm-hmm. When he laid out, when he fired Ryan Powell, now he t- explained everything. So, if Ryan Powell now is going to have a jury trial or a judge trial, I, I would just, you know, tell, you know, the prosecutors, just play the tape of Commissioner Ross explaining why he fired him. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I assume, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but I assume given that the police commissioner was so strong in his wording uh, when he announced his firing, that it's possible that he may be called to testify. He wasn't called to testify, apparently, to the grand jury. Not from any records that I've seen, but it could be possible that he's called it as a witness, either by the defense or by the prosecution. Would, nah. would, would that surprise you, or you nah, don't think that's going to nah, happen? No, nah, they, they, they won't have a reason to call him for a witness. Why not? For what? Because he watched, I mean, I guess maybe like a character witness or to just add... Uh, no, uh, no? He's, a, he's, a, he's a police commissioner. He can't be a character witness for it. It's 6,000, over 6,000. They don't call the police commissioners, the captains, lieutenants, nothing for character. It's on tape. He's a fucking murderer. His character yeah. ain't shit. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. Well, um, the third video, excuse me, um, I'm, I'm reading from CBS News' um, report. Uh, here's another thing that... that uh, the full statement of what Round uh, uh, Ross said: Because Jones never looked back at Pownow and had nothing in his hands, he posed no imminent threat to Pownow. Uh, Jones also used poor judgment as well when he carried a gun illegally, rode a motorcycle that is illegal to operate on the city street, and refused to comply with Pownow's orders. I remember something Ross said that day. He said that two lanes of bad judgment converged on June eighth, and it resulted in. And what happened? Do you do you think that it's fair to, to characterize David Jones as exhibiting poor judgment on that day as well? Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, Absolutely. everybody, I keep Ross fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, like, I mean, like the, listen, Flood, I'm a fair man. And that's what people, you know, some people understand me, people, my friends, my, my you know, my real friends and family, not, not, not a bunch of the motherfuckers that follow me on social media who don't really fucking know me. They just know what I post on social media, see me doing the protests and all that shit. You don't fucking know me. Understand mm. what I'm saying? So, yes, David Jones, 
chose bad decision by, you know, not going to go sell his dirt bike by putting the gun, taking the gun. But as we said, he wanted to protect himself. Yes, it was wrong, but it was an illegal gun. It was a legal bike. It wasn't a four wheeler like Fat McBesby said at the press conference. It was, mm. a, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a dirt bike, it was a motorcycle, a dirt bike. right? Motorcycle type, yeah. Bike. Right. Which, which was illegal. Yeah. David mm. Jones chose bad judgment to go try to sell an illegal dirt bike and take an illegal firearm with him. Yes, he did, but he still mm. didn't deserve to die. I've said it before. I've been pulled over by police with a firearm on me. I've been stopped by police with a firearm on me. I am still alive. Right. The reality is, is that the police aren't the executioners or the jury. So really, no matter what you're doing, say for, you know, holding a hostage situation or severely endangering uh, people, you should not be killed in the act of a crime. You should be apprehended by skilled and tactical police officers and then taken to the process of justice. Right. Right. I mean, but Ryan Panow chose to play judge, jury and executioner on that day. Judge, jury, executioner, he, and that's 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 his job. When Ryan Powell, now he's one of the police officers, and like I said before, every police officer does not wake up in the morning wanting to commit a crime. Uh, you know, you have good, good police officers out here that does great police work. I'm not saying they're good police officers because if they don't speak publicly and they don't criticize and, you know, chastise their, you know, fellow killer cops, then they're not good police officers. But what I'm saying is that as far as them doing their job, you know, uh, de-escalating situations and stuff like that. You have some mm -hmm. officers that are good at that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not putting this on every police officer, but Ryan Powell now is one of many that wakes up every morning disregarding his badge, disregarding his oath that he took to, you know, protect the citizens of Philadelphia. Mm. I remember uh, a few black cops came to me. Some, I won't, I won't, I won't mention what department they're in because they'll give it away. But there were a few black cops who came to me after the firing that was announced and said, thank you, because they wanted him off the force. There are good officers or officers who do good that do good police work that want to go to work and come home every day. And they don't want people like Ryan Pownow giving them and their profession a bad name, because in reality, people like Ryan Pownow make it harder for the cops who just want to do a good job. Absolutely. I have the, I've had conversations with police officers as well. Uh, and, you know, and those officers know what I've told them. I don't give a fuck about how you feel privately. Don't talk to me right. privately. Speak about it publicly. And those officers know who they are. And, you know, <laughs> no, no, because I'm being real. And I they know, know. What you're talking about. I know. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't I don't give a fuck about how you feel privately. Don't tell me. Don't don't inbox me. Nothing privately. Say it fucking publicly. And mm. that's that's how Ike Raw gets the fuck down. I don't don't congratulate me privately. Do it publicly. Don't 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 embarrass me privately. Do it publicly. I'm a public mm. motherfucker. I ain't got nothing to hide. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there was, I mean, to be fair, there was no currently employed Philadelphia police officer that spoke out publicly against the David Jones shooting. And I guess they couldn't because of the union and all that shit. But I do remember flood, there was flood, flood, flood. Can I flood? They can don't 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 give them that fucking excuse because many of those same police officers are the same motherfuckers that uh, say they stand behind Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick is not employed by the NFL because of what? Because he took a fucking stand. So sometimes you got to sacrifice. What he said is sacrifice. Sacrifice. What was the what was the phrase Collins put out uh, oh, uh, for the Nike campaign? Right. Even if yeah. it means Do risk great. it all. Right. Do great even if it means risking everything.
That's that's the bottom line. That's how you got to live your fucking life. It ain't no, well, I can't speak because I'm in the union or I can't speak because I may lose my job. Well, it's, it, 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 it isn't really that fucking serious to you. When we go out here and protest and do the shit. Believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. There it is. Thank you. Believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. So if you motherfuckers who told Flood this bullshit and told Ike Raw this bullshit, if you really believe in it, say it publicly. Sacrifice. I'm not trying to hear that shit. Mm. Yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah, yeah, yes. I talk real harsh. Yeah, people got jobs. Yeah, but don't tell me you stand by Kyler Kaepernick when he's fucking unemployed and you're telling me you're going to boycott the NFL because they're not employing him, but you're scared to speak the fuck up and lose your job. So you're a fucking hypocrite. Mm. And look, let's just take it there. Since you kind of opened that window, you know, you and I both sacrificed opportunity on morning radio because we believe so strongly in this case. Flood, you open the door, like you all walk in and sit down for a minute. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Now, as you all I know, know, there's a bunch of listeners who want to know exactly what happened, so let's just do it. Yeah, let's yeah, let's give them the real raw and uncut. So, as you all know, uh, Flood the drummer, Nike Raw, we're on the uh, Wake Up with Word Morning Show. Uh, Flood the drummer, who was already working on Word, he was already on the radio doing what he was doing, and you know, say Ike Raw, I want you to be my co-host on the morning show. Mm-hmm. I said, well, damn, all right, well, you know, that's cool. All right, Flood, well, you sure they want Ike Raw? Like, you know, I'm kind of, you know, hey, they said, you know, hey, they want you to come on in. All right, bet. Now, when we got into the situation, you know, it was uh, me and Flood to tell you guys. Flood said to me, Ike, I can't see myself doing this with anybody else but you. I can't. I don't think I will do this if you're not here. I said vice versa. Same shit. Yeah, I ain't doing this shit without you. You asked me to come on in. Mm-hmm. As we started, I said uh, one day, you know, something about the attorney general, Josh Shapiro. I called him a punk. Mm-hmm. And, you know. The owners of Word Radio thought that wasn't a good idea. You can't call the attorney general punk on the radio. Really? Why not? That was my second day there, I believe. Mm-hmm. So I had a, d- a discussion with the owner of Word Radio. said, listen, let me stop you right now and tell you, okay? Ike Raw is not the you know, type of person who doesn't, you know, you know, who bites his tongue. I'm only here because Flood asked me to be here with them. I am a type of person who's more, you know, uh, risque, more, you know. Uh, Controversial controversial explicit i have a show that i do with my nephew every monday night where we have thousands of viewers we smoke marijuana we drink we use profanity we do what we do that's why a lot of people that's where a lot of people know me from so that's what some of them expect if they hear me on the radio so i would rather do something at night you know one night out the week in addition to doing a morning show just so you can see you know the other side of ig raw because maybe you don't really understand me so that was how that conversation went my second day there Fast forward a couple of weeks, and we were having a discussion about the uh, death penalty where the two young men who shot mm. Officer Wilson, Sergeant Wilson, in the uh, game stop where uh, Larry Pazner announced he wouldn't, you know, seek the death penalty, okay? I said on the word radio, Ryan Powell now should get the death penalty if he's convicted for the murder of David Jones. I received a call from the ownership of word radio later that day again. You cannot say someone, a cop, should get the death penalty because what if someone mentally ill is listening and heard you <laughs> and went out and killed Ryan Powell now? I said to the ownership of Word Radio, are you fucking serious? I said to the ownership of Word Radio, I had a conversation with you uh, weeks ago when I first started here about this situation. I am, I am not going to say anything on your airwaves. I've been on the radio before, so I know how this shit goes. I'm not going to say anything on the airwaves to jeopardize your station to put you in jeopardy. I know what I am doing. 
okay, no problem, no problem. Now, fast forward, ladies and gentlemen, to Tuesday, uh, April 17th. Mm. That was the morning Councilman Kenyatta Johnson called into Word Radio. As you all know, Ike Raw, uh, that was around the time when the two young men were arrested in Starbucks. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people in the city, a lot of clergymen, a lot of politicians, uh, Kenyatta Johnson included, uh, you know, wanted to have press conferences for these young men and wanted to grandstand and say, you know, how oh, this is an outrage. Oh, they were they had mental trauma. They were jailed for eight hours. And, you know, so Kenyatta Johnson called in the word radio and said, yeah, you know, I wanted to stand up for those black men because I seen what happened to them. And Ike Raw just asked one question. Why didn't you say anything when you saw the video of David Jones being murdered, uh, which was at that time, ladies and gentlemen, 10 months ago? Second District Councilman Kenyatta Johnson stated, well, you know, I haven't seen the video. So Ike Ross said, well, you know, I know you haven't seen it at the time, you know, when it first happened. But Councilman, it's been 10 months, so certainly mm. you've seen the video. Well, no, I still haven't seen it yet. Mm. So Ike Ross said, okay, well, you know, ladies and gentlemen, that's second district councilman, Kenyatta Johnson, haven't seen the video of David Jones being murdered. Got to go, Yacht. I'll see you Thursday at city council. Fast forward to Thursday, ladies and gentlemen. Now, here's the day. Ike Raw comes to Word Radio in the morning, says, Faith Flood, I have an idea since councilman Kenyatta Johnson hasn't seen the video of David Jones. And, you know, Ryan Powell now is has a possible arbitration hearing coming up to get his right. job back because at that point his arbitration was scheduled for may may 16th right may 16th. and this right and this day this was uh april the 19th his arbitration hearing was scheduled for may 16th now, so just, i said give it, let's put a pause real quick just to give just the context at this point panow had been fired for september october november about four or five months seven months about seven months we hadn't heard anything about the investigation really uh, the, our very first day on the radio, which was the day Larry Krasner was inaugurated, January we left 2nd. the radio station, went to Larry Krasner's inauguration, congratulated him, congratulated him, and then protested <laughs> inside the Kimmel Center, interrupted Rebecca Reinhardt, uh, a city controller, talking to the media, marched down Broad Street in the freezing cold to DA Krasner's office and made clear that we were not going to sit on the sidelines on this case. We wanted to see movement. It didn't matter the fact that we, we had all backed Larry Krasner. We wanted something done. So for I, from day one, from Jump Street, the beginning of the year, we had made it clear that we're going to be pushing for justice for David Jones every chance we get. And that was January 2nd, 2018, the day Larry Krasner was inaugurated, ladies and gentlemen. We went from Word Radio at 10 a.m., went to the Kimmel Center, Congratulated Larry. Congratulations. And then protested against Larry. Went to his office down Broad Street and let him know, yes, it's your first day here. Walk and nobody and ever seen no shit like that. Right. Nobody ever seen anything like that. At all. So, why has a councilman, a black councilman, might I say, at this point, never even seen a video of David Jones being murdered? Mm-hmm. So, I took a postal board with pictures of David Jones. No, wait, wait, because you, you you fast forward. And Ike Raw came into the radio station this, that morning with this raggedy ass sign. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, you got. Why you got to tell that part? Uh, <laughs> because it was in the rain. It was from a lot of protests. You know, I keep everything in the trunk. Yeah, so, you know. This dude was duct taping pieces. Shout out to Kowasi who was helping you tape that. Yeah, right. Shout out to Kowasi. <laughs> it was such a raggedy sign, but it showed that this sign had been through it. Like, this sign was really used. You know what I'm saying? This was like, it had been through the battle. 
Right. They've been on the rain and protest rallies and all that. It was a couple of signs. So we took a couple of pictures off of a couple of signs. Uh, myself, Kowesa, helped me do it. And, you know, we made a new poster board with pictures of David Jones and his loved ones, pictures of David Jones. And I wrote some uh, things on there that said, you know, he's been dead for over 10 months. Uh, some council people haven't watched the video. You know, justice for David Jones. His life mattered. This cop wants his job back. So I signed up to speak. I signed up to speak at city council. Uh, you know, like you're told. And, you know, when my name was called, I went up with the poster board and I held it high. And I said, I'm here for the family of David Jones. I'm here for the family of everyone who's been murdered in the streets, not only by a cop, but by anyone. This cop who killed David Jones is seeking to get his job back. I've, I've heard no one in city council mm -hmm. step up and say anything. Council President Daryl Clark proceeded to stop me. You can't speak. I said, Daryl Clark, I'm going to speak. He said, okay, no problem. I continued to speak. And he said, well, wait, wait, wait. He said, well, what do you want to happen? I said, I want someone to speak up and stop this arbitration hearing. Council President Daryl Clark said, I will speak to you. You can stand over there and wait for me. Go stand over there. I said, great, no problem. I stood around to the citizens in Philadelphia who are there to, to council that day. I said, how long will you people continue to vote for these corrupt council people who won't stand up for your loved That's ones? That's exactly what you said. You remember that shit. Wow. <laughs> Flood, this is very serious for me, Flood. I said, how long will you continue to vote for these same corrupt council people who don't speak up for your loved ones, who don't make sure that your children are educated in school, who won't have your back when you need them, but they always want your vote? The people, they clapped for Ike Raw. Mm -hmm. I walked over to the corner after the black council president told me to stand and wait for him, ladies and gentlemen. One white sheriff came over and said to me, whispered, you can't come in here like that. Ike Raw, without profanity or anything, simply said, why are you over here? And this is when everybody <laughs> starts looking and look. The other sheriffs came over, Flood, and I'm going to let you, you know, you know, rap, you know, continue after this. The other sheriffs came over and said, well, what's going on? I said, he came over here and just told me I can't stand here. After the black council president just told me to stand here. This is the shit that I'm talking about. This is what those guys at Starbucks went through. Where the fuck is my protest? Where is anybody mm. going to say something to me? I was told by the black council president to stand away from him. He's going to speak to me about a white cop wanting his job back for killing a black man. I have a white sheriff telling me I can't come to here like that. Are you fucking kidding me? So now council president Daryl Clark says, take him in my office. He can wait for me in my office. As I'm going out of council, I hold the postal board high. I say justice for David Jones. I also say justice for uh, Bill uh, William, uh, the, the, the teenager who was killed a couple of days prior on the Easter on South Street. And I also mm -hmm. said free Meek Mill. And I walked <laughs> out. I waited for Council President Dale Clark. Now, Flood, if you want to take it from here and just let people know. Well, no, tell people because because this is an important part. No, no, I'm going to go into that. But I just want to oh, say because okay. I, I know where you're going now. I want you okay. to set it up where the ownership of word where where this where, where where people may have called them and said, you know, what Ike Raw is down there doing, and then I'm going to let them know what I what you want me to tell them. Okay, as far as right. So you know, Ike finishes the whole protest. I go out there check on to make sure he's good. He like he said, he didn't curse. It wasn't you know as rowdy as as prior protests had been. He was scheduled to testify, but chose not to speak on what the bill was. And, and Councilman uh, Clark was just like, well, can you just say the name of the bill? And it was like, that's a stupid rule. And I he was like, no, I'm, I'm like, this cat is trying to get his job back. And, and again, 
you know, they were contacting the city solicitor's office, was contacting the witness at this time. This is what people don't know. The city solicitor's office was contacting the witness so that the witness could testify on the city's behalf at, at Ryan Panar's arbitration. This guy had the nerve to be actively trying to get his job back, and no one wanted to talk about it. So, um, you know, the management of the station wasn't in town that day. That Friday, we had did a, a broadcast, a live broadcast at a coffee shop in Germantown. Um, and then that Monday, we get there. And we were pulled into the office, uh, or at least I was, and uh, I was told that uh, management had just became aware of uh, the protest that Ike did at city council and that that can't be the uh, modus operandi, if you will, for uh, people who are on the air and that they're going to have to let them go. And I said, if you let them go, I'm out, especially if that's the reason. Because for people who were listening, you know that that show was hot. Calls were coming in every day. The music was jamming. There was a great sense of energy. And, and we were talking about really hard topics, right? And I kept telling to the station, I said, look, see, y'all problem is you guys are talking about the David Jones shooting and the David Jones situation as if it's happened, ED, past tense. I said, but Aki and I are talking about the David Jones shooting and, and, and everything surrounding it as if it's happening, current, pre present, because this cat's trying to get his job back. And we don't know where the investigation sits into his criminal investigation or rather it's happening at all. So there has to be some urgency. And how dare you and everybody else raise the, the raise a goddamn alarm because two black kids were arrested at Starbucks and they survived the incident and they went and it, and it was okay and everything was fine. And yet we have a dead black man with no accountability and the white cop trying to get his job back and you want to silence the dissent. To me, that was a bridge too far. To me, that was something I believed in and I'm, I was willing to sacrifice everything. And I did. That's why that very next day, that Tuesday, Aki, Aki Raw and I wasn't on the air. And it was like, like a snap of a finger. It, it, just, just, it just went away. Because what Aki did at that city council uh, meeting is something I would have done. And I did not want to allow the station to set a precedent that says, well, look, if you're saying that because we work here that we can't protest this case, then let's just rip the Band-Aid off. Let's not peel it. Because I don't know where this is. I don't know where the DA office is on this investigation. And I'm going to go hard for this case. You're not going to silence me because we were doing this before we got here. And I kept telling, I said, if Aki Raw and I don't talk about this, who on the station will? I said, and I'm going to call names. I said, Charles Ellison not going to talk about David Jones. He don't even live in the city. Right. Keaton Nichols is not going to talk about David Jones. He's talking about tech and science. And, and it's no shade to any one of them. But that was not the, the beat that they were covering. That was not the space they were covering. We were bringing a very insider's look at this case and other cases around justice to the station. We were the only people talking about this type of stuff at the station. And I was not willing to, I was not willing to be a part of that. And, that and, and also, I didn't want to do three hours of radio by myself every morning. The third thing that pissed me off was the fact that the management did not have the full story of what happened that Thursday and the impact and the outcome of, of, of Ike's protest, and I'll let you pick it up there. Right. So now, now that you heard everything that went there, 
Now, so as I'm waiting for Council President Clark, he comes out and we go into this big conference room, just me and him, one on one. And I'm going to give y'all some, you know, let y'all really know what happened. We'll be and this is about. mind you, everybody, for the people who are not in Philadelphia, Daryl Clark is the second most powerful Democrat in the city under the mayor. He's the city council president. Right. So we go into case A, what's up, what's going on? Now, mind you guys, the only other time that I have spoken to Daryl Clark is when me and Asa Khalif interrupted his uh, his meeting that morning, August 7th. That's the only time I ever spoke to him in my life. Mm. So now, he say, I, I say, yeah, what's going on? So I say, look, I'm down here because, you know, the cop supposed to be trying to get his job back. I need somebody to find out, you know what I mean, what's going on, why he not really getting his job back. I mean, why he trying to get his job back and nobody saying nothing about it. I said, if it's not the council people, I need to know who can stop it. He let me know about, you know, who can stop, you know, piling off getting his job back. He also let me know about the contract, which we already know about, where the FOP has the investigation oversight and everything like that. They do the investigation. They do the arbitration, shit like that. Shit like that, that the citizens of Philadelphia don't know. We can get those things changed. You just got to put pressure on people. We talked about that. Now, mind you, Ike Raw came here talking about David, Jones, Ryan Powell now, the cop. Council President Daryl Clark said to me about a minute and a half into our conversation, hey, what's up with the guy that y'all brought down here last year in the wheelchair, the first guy that he shot? I said, Carnell Williams Carney. Carnell mm-hmm. Williams Carney, right. I said, oh, Carnell? He said, yeah. He said, this is what he says. He said, that was very powerful when y'all brought him down here in the wheelchair because We've never even known about it. He said people didn't even know he was shot. He's like, um, I know he need housing and stuff like that. Um, you know, uh, you got his number. Mm. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm being real. I did not come down here to speak about Carnell Williams Carney. I came down here to speak about Ryan Powell now getting his job back and why none of these politicians are speaking about it. Mm. Council President Clark said, I'm going to give you my number. I'm going to give you my people's number. Give me his number. I called Carnell. I said, I'm sitting here with Daryl Clark. He wants to talk to you. I put Carnell on the phone with Daryl Clark. Hey, how you doing? This is Daryl Clark. He said, I'm sitting here with Ike. Uh, yeah, I just told him that when you came down, when they brought you down here in the wheelchair in September, it was real powerful. Uh, we've been trying to, you know, reach out to you, try to do some things for you. We heard you need stuff. You know, I got Ike right here. He's going to give you, my, give you my information. I'm going to get your information. We're going to look out for you. Okay? About two weeks later, Carnell called me and said, yeah, uh, Wendy, who's Daryl Clark's uh, chief of staff. I'm not going to say she's the chief of staff, but I, I don't know her direct title right now. But she cool. She, she cool people. He said, Wendy called. They got me housing. I just got to go take the paperwork down to South Philly, fill it out. I said, bro, you serious? He said, yeah, bro. He said, I just want to thank you, man. He said, you know, he was crying on the phone. He said, mm. he said, I just want to thank you, let you know I've been in this situation trying to get housing. I've been going around now. People don't know Carnell Williams Carney is the first man who was shot by Ryan Powell now, he's been in a wheelchair ever since. He he has, you know, he gets sick a lot. He can't, you know, really take care of himself. So he has to go to a lot of, you know, rehabilitation centers and stuff like that. He wants to have housing, but he can't afford the housing. So Daryl Clark office provided the housing for him. Yes, I'm telling y'all that right now because this is uncut and we let y'all know what's really going on. Now, in addition to that, I also said to Daryl Clark, Mayor Kenny promised to call the family of David Jones on July the 20th, and he he hasn't done that as of yet. He said, man, I don't have a problem speaking with the family. I also called David Jones's father and his stepmother and put them on the phone with Daryl Clark. Hello, how are you? This is Councilman Daryl Clark. I'm sitting here with Ike. I just want to say, 
my deepest condolences, you know, to your family. If you guys need anything, whatever you need, Ike has my information. Let me know anything you need. They spoke for a couple of minutes, the family, David Jones. After the phone, me and Daryl Clark is sitting there. He says, Ike, I'm going to be honest with you. The bill, he said, stuff can change. You know, things can happen in this city. Things can happen in this town. You and Flood have power on those microphones. The people listen to what y'all say. If you guys are on those microphones and I let you guys know what really can be done in the city the right way and get the votes and get certain bills voted for to get certain people on the police advisory committee commission, that they can change it over and investigate these shootings, you know what I'm saying, and charge these officers like they can. Shit can happen, but we need powerful people like you and Flood on radio, on, you know, in the streets, doing what y'all doing, letting people know. He said, this is a new time. You know, I'm glad that y'all brothers is on the radio doing what y'all doing. If you need anything, you let me know. I said, Daryl Clark, I understand what you're saying. I'm going to be honest with you. He'll tell you what I told him. I said, I know a lot of people talk in the city. I see how a lot of things go down. I hear stories about people come behind these closed doors, people slide envelopes over them, give them money, stuff like that, and then you don't hear from them no more. I'm not, that's not me. I, I didn't come down here for nothing for me. I understand what you're saying. I understand, you know, everything you're doing for everybody, but I just want to let you know, anything that you do for anyone, that doesn't have anything to do with me. If you do anything that's bad and I look at it that you need to be corrected, then I'm going to correct you. And he said, I respect that. He also told me when me and Asa Khalif interrupted his press conference that day that he was so shocked because he felt as though, you know, he never met Asa Khalif a day in his life. He didn't understand what was going on. So I had mm. to break it down and tell him, you're a black man. I said, when David Jones was shot in his back, I felt as though, Asa felt as though, Flood felt as though, anybody else who feel, as, feel like else felt as though, any person black of power in this city should be speaking about David Jones being murdered. So, yes, you had to get it. Absolutely. Anybody else who, you know, as prominent as you or anybody that we could, you know, get black or not, but especially the black officials, you're going to get it. So we spoke mm. about that. And he said, look, man, I respect what y'all brothers doing. You know, sometimes, you know, shit got to happen how it got to happen. You know, he also said to me, you know, you know, quick sidebar, some joke shit. He said, yeah, you know, I, was, I had an event, you know, last summer down in North Philly. He said, I was waiting for Ace to come down there because, you know, I wanted to see how tough y'all really was. I said, Darryl Clark. <laughs> I said, I said, Darryl Clark, let me explain something to you. I said, if it was up to Ike Raw, I would come to any event. I don't give a fuck at the end of the day. But I said, it probably was an event that we definitely didn't know about because we definitely would have came. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, he started laughing. He laughed. I laughed. And they mean, that's how shit was. So right. the meeting was over. We leave out. I tell Flood. Now, we was in there for about what? Flood, like 30, 35 minutes talking. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we come out. Now, as Flood say, the next day, Friday, we do the live broadcast at the coffee shop. Monday comes. She, you know, she says what she says to Flood. Now, when Flood says what he says to management, well, no, I'm not doing a show by myself. Now, Ike Raw gets a text. Now, mind you, when I'm leaving, I see Flood going in the office. No one says anything to Ike Raw. Ike Raw, can I talk to you? I, I'm leaving. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I see Flood. Flood says, pray for me. I said, all right, well, you know, I ain't paid no mind. Remember that? <laughs> I remember that. Right. I see, you know, I ain't paid no mind. I said, all right, I'll be out. I'll holler at you later. You know what I'm saying? But I get a text when I'm driving home within about 15 minutes. Hey, Ike, can you talk? This is the management. Hey, Ike, can I talk? Damn, I just was there. What the fuck going on? Why you want to? So I text back. Yeah, what's up? Okay, I'll call you in a minute. I'm about to leave. I'm about to leave? What the fuck? I thought you were just talking to Flood. How are you leaving that quick? What the fuck going on? So management calls Ike Raw. Hey, Ike. Yeah, um, uh, you know, I've been out of town. Uh, you know, I came back Friday. Heard about, 
know what happened at city council. I know I can't stop you guys from doing the protests and stuff like that. But, you know, I just think what happened at city council uh, was a bit much. And sometimes it reflects on the station. You know, I know you said you wanted to do the thing at nighttime. Uh, now, remember, ladies and gentlemen, I told you about my second day there where I let management know, you know, what I'm really about, what I do. Now, this is the management, you know, after management brought Flood into the office, uh, thinking that, you know, management of Flood was going to be okay with management saying, let's get rid of Ike Raw and continue with Flood the drummer. Once Flood the drummer told management, no, I'm not going to continue without Ike Raw, that's when management texts Ike Raw in a rush, in a panic. Hey, Ike, can you talk? Now I'm talking to management. Now management is saying, I know you wanted to, you know, you said you wanted to do something at night. No, but we never talked about how that would go. Let's see how that, now it's not sounding right. Because you just told me that, you know, you have to let me go, but you want me to work at night. It's not sounding right to Ike Raw. So now I said to man, well, wait a minute, wait, let me talk to Flood. Management says, well, would it be okay if you guys would mind finishing out? Would you guys mind finishing out the week? Now, when management says you guys, now mind you, I say, well, oh, well, management has already talked to Flood. If management is saying you guys, so obviously management didn't like what Flood had to say because management is only calling me saying management wants to get rid of me. So if management is saying, no, I don't want to get rid of you now. I want you to do work at night, but to finish out the week, something don't sound right to Ike Raw. Let me talk to Flood. Okay, management, let me get back to you. I'll talk to Flood. Let me find out what's going on. I'm not telling you I'm finishing out shit. I'm not telling you I'm coming tomorrow. None of that, because I've already told you before, like I told management when they called, let me stop you. I remember the conversation we had. I told you before, I would never do nothing to jeopardize your station. So if that's the way you feel, that's fine. I told you before. I don't need to be on the radio station. I don't I don't look for that. I'm, I, I didn't go to school for journalism, none of that shit. Flood asked me to join him. I said, me and Flood... Oh, oh, this is, let me let me bring you back, because management brought up to me and said, yeah, uh, Flood said he won't do the show without you. And I said, yeah, we talked about that. I won't do the show without him. Management said, oh, you talked about this already. I said, yes. So We knew that day was coming. We knew, right. we knew what the kind of people we were. We knew the context we were entering. And every day we were just counting our blessings. We were still there. <laughs> oh, Flood, can I, can I just insert this real quick and just to give them some more insight? Let me take them back to the uh, David O conversation. Now, when all of you remember, we had an interview with David O. Uh, Karif Roberts, uh, who was the father of Sean uh, Yarborough, who was uh, uh, accused of stabbing David O. He was released, charged. Uh, he was found not to, not found innocent of stabbing David O. So we brought the family on the radio. David O. decided to call in and still tried to say that he believes the young man still stabbed him, even though the young man was found not guilty. So Flood, myself, and the father kept asking David O. Why won't you just let it go, David O? Why won't you just say that this young man has was, you know, accused of stabbing you? He's been found not guilty. Now he's free to go live his life. But David O wants to keep saying, well, I still believe it was him. I talked to him. I, and I proceeded to, you know, get, you know, kind of loud with David O. Flood knows me. Flood knows that I wasn't angry. I wasn't angry. I wasn't upset. I was just, you know, frustrated because you're a councilman. You're a man of prestige in Philadelphia. And you, you're accusing this black man of stabbing you. He went to court, was found not guilty, and you're coming back tweeting saying that you still believe it's him messing up his life. So now, just to bring y'all back real quick, ladies and gentlemen, management had a conversation with us about that. Myself, Flood the Drummer, and Coesa in the office. Ike Raw got up and said, I'm not here for this. You guys can talk this out. I'm, I don't want to continue this conversation. That's the reason that most of your morning show leaves you anyway. I said this to management. I said, y'all figure this out. I left out. 
And Flood would have called me later that day after the David O conversation and said, look, I talked to management. I don't want to do this no more. We wouldn't have been doing it no more that day. Mm. But Flood called me, said, I talked to management. You know, we worked it out. Everything's cool. No problem. So just to give you all some insight, we're not thirsty for the microphones. So fast forward to this day. Now management is scrambling. Oh, oh Ike, I, I know you wanted to do the nighttime thing, but we never talked about how that would go. Well, wait, wait, wait. Let me talk to Flood because you said – if you guys would finish out the week, that's, that's, that lets me know that Flood doesn't want to be there anymore either. I don't know why, but let me find out. So once I talk to Flood, oh, it makes sense now. Management wants to call you in the office thinking you were going to be like, okay, well, fuck Ike Raw, no problem. But Flood said, uh-uh-uh, no, no, no. We talked about this already. This is not going to go down like this. Now management is texting me while management is talking to Flood. Can you talk, Ike? Do y'all get it now? Hey, Ike, I know you wanted to do the nighttime thing. No, no, management, you haven't brought up the nighttime thing since I told you about it two months ago. So, ladies and gentlemen, me and Flood had a conversation. That was that Monday. I saw Flood already knew where I stood. I knew where Flood stood. We're not going to be in there Tuesday. Uh, Flood said that he would call management within 24 hours. Ike Raw uh, was not calling management uh, at all. And, you know, management proceeded the next day while me and Flood was on the phone. A management called Flood. Flood said, this is management. I'll call you right back. Management was on the phone. Management asked Flood, hey, how you doing? Flood said, what's going on? Management said, well, you guys said 24 hours. Yeah, me and uh, Ike has made a decision. We decided that we would no longer be uh, participating or, you know, whatever. However you want to say it, we would no longer be affiliated with Word Radio. 30 seconds later, management tweets, Flood the German and Ike Raw will no longer be here because that's, <laughs> that is the emotions that we deal with. You know, well, not really say that we dealt with because we didn't really give a fuck because, like I said, it was a really day-to-day thing for us. We didn't really think it was going to last as long as it did. Mm-hmm. So for everybody out there who really wanted to know, you know, what was the story, what happened, no, this is what happened. Word Radio does not believe in fighting for people like David Jones. Word Radio does not believe in calling politicians out on their bullshit. Word Radio does not believe in standing behind the community when you got to get your motherfucking elbows and dirty and shit like that. Understand what I mean? Word is a politically correct station. So that's what it is. So when we were there, like I told Flood from the beginning, I said, what? They want me to be your co-host? Me? Are you wrong? Do they really want that? And as y'all see, most of the callers that were calling in in the morning stopped calling when we were there. The people that were calling understood us, knew what was going on. It was a new movement. And management fucked it all up because management doesn't understand that when a black man dies in Philadelphia by the hands of a police officer or by the hands of anybody, we all should be concerned. And if you have a platform being the only black radio station around, you should definitely be front and center with with every issue, especially this one, as big as the David Jones case was. Mm. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's what happened. So that's the raw and uncut truth behind the scenes. Um, and, uh, and as Ike said, I want to move, move forward towards the indictment now. Um, that, that was some of the sacrifice that we have made. And that's just one story of sacrifice that we've made for the cause of David Jones. And I think for me, the, the, the biggest disappointment uh, during from June 6th to, 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 to that August, I mean, to that April, I guess, was, was there was no one who really felt urgency 
Right. Everybody was so in I mean, when I tell you, Ike Raw tell you, he was so surprised at how many fucking ribbon cuttings and, and photo ops oh these God. politicians were taking every day. And we're like, yo, this this guy was killed by a cop who had shot somebody before, and now the cop is trying to get his job back. And you guys are talking about Donald Trump saying shithole countries, and now you had nothing to say when John McNesby called us rabid animals. I mean, it was the uh, uh, the aggregation of frustration that caused us to go kaboom. It was like, you know, you guys are full of shit. You guys don't want to talk about the hard issues. Starbucks was a safe issue because everybody in the world was talking about it. Donald Trump saying shithole countries was an issue because everybody was talking about it. But confronting the police union and the government on the killing of a black man by a white police officer, that was too hot to handle even in the era of Black Lives Matter. And when you go back and look at the facts of Ryan Pownow having 30 complaints by 15 different civilians, having shot one person in the back in 2010 and wasn't placed under supervision, it was that kind of indifference that led to the David Jones shooting. And then even worst of all, that indifference continued after the shooting. Nobody gave a fuck about the shooting and nobody gave a fuck about the witness and his family. At all. At all. And, and so when we decided to, to leave in April, we continued to press the district attorney whenever we could. Uh, where is the David Jones investigation? Because remember, at this time, you know, we had had Larry Crash on every month that we had been there. Right. Right. And we were asking him, where's the David Jones investigation? Oh, I can't really talk about that. Can't really talk about that. Can't right. really talk about that. Now, here's something that, that people don't know. The day I, we're giving it, we're telling it all. <laughs> no, this is if this is uh this is our un, un, unsung, BT yeah. unsung or whatever. Come on, <laughs> for the drum and Iggy Raw, uh, wake up a word unsung. The day after uh that, so we left that Monday. We had the conversation. That Tuesday we had the con- that, that phone call. That Wednesday, you know, I was I was done with, with the station. I was done with the station. You know what I did that Wednesday? I walked the witness down to the district attorney's office so that he could be uh, uh, go through the process of, of, of being uh, filling out his paperwork so that he could testify to the grand jury. That's how embedded in this case we were. That the DA's office couldn't get in contact with the witness. Right. So and more so the witness didn't trust it anymore because and they were let, fucking him around. Let them know, Flood. Who was responsible for the witness giving the testimony? Who was responsible for making sure throughout all this month, every day since this happened, bringing the witness, making sure his family cool as much as you could? Who was it? Oh, I don't know. Who was it? You! <laughs> mm-hmm. Fuck you, man. Like, he tell me, like, because we talk, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he know, like, this, this shit real, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I ain't going to get deep into it again, but, like, it was that's that's why. That's why when people like, but what happened? Where, what? Fuck word. We wasn't pressing people on no fucking radio. Because mm-hmm. just like he said, our last day on there was that Monday. That Wednesday, he was walking the witness. He called me and told me. Mm-hmm. Remember? Because I was scrambling trying to get the videos. You asked me about certain videos and shit. Mm-hmm. I said, we still working about David Jones. Fuck word. Mm-hmm. So that April, that May, that June, that July, that August, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're you know, because mind you, Ryan Panow is still fired. And trying to get his job back to keep postponing the arbitration. We're pushing it now because, and I don't know about Ike, but for me, there was a level of fear 
and anxiety now setting in where I'm like, this cat's going to get his job back because nobody will say anything. I mean, not even a press conference with the mayor just saying, or, or Daryl Clark, who had already said, I don't think Ryan Panow has the judgment to be a police officer. We stand against um, him getting his job back. We know the arbitration is part of his rules, but we don't, we don't want him on our force. And we are calling on the state legislature to begin to introduce a bill that changes to Act 111, which is the, the work rule changes that, uh, in the state that guides arbitration. That's all we were asking for. Yep. For the government here to recognize that there was a killer cop trying to get his job back through a loophole in Act 111 and that we wanted the government to lobby the state to make changes to this law so that the police commissioner can have the last say. Because, mind you, the police commissioner fired David Joe uh, of Ryan Panow on September 7th, and almost immediately, Ryan started to get his job back. And what people don't know about Philadelphia is that the police commissioner and the mayor don't have final say on the cops who walk the streets. That's the union. That is an abnormal amount of power for any one entity to have. If a police commissioner says... This cop broke several departmental policies, showed bad judgment, and shouldn't be a cop. He should not be able to go back to the union and circumvent what the police commissioner says. At all. And that's what that Councilman Darrell Clark was telling me. That's what he was saying. That is what needs to be changed. And that's what he was saying. It's coming up. Mm-hmm. It can be changed. Talk to these lawmakers. These fraudulent motherfucking people out here is not going to do the real work that needs to be done. Talking mm-hmm. about, you know, I mean, we can all talk about children and education because everybody loves the kids. It's nice. Yes, we, 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 we sponsor that, too. But when people are being killed, not only by the police, but by other people in the community, we need people who really want to get in the streets, find out what's going on and rectify these situations. And that's what it all comes down to, Flood. Like I'm saying, that's the passion. That's the passion. That's the determination, not. To put our name out there, not to you know boost ourselves up, like you know what I'm saying, like no, I'm not into that. And you know that that's that's what it comes down to, man. Act 111 is what is what is what needs to be changed. So that's what we need to focus on. That's mm-hmm. the first fucking step. Mm-hmm. And it's sad that in a city of 1.5 million, fifth or sixth largest city in the country, fourth largest media market, fourth largest police department, that you we can't enact that type of change. Because the same type of indifference that allowed Ryan Pownow to get 30 civilian complaints without any type of retribution or consequence, that's the same type of indifference that allows these arbitrations to go on unmitigated. That allows someone like Lieutenant Jonathan Josie, who punched Ada Guzman in the face at the Puerto Rican Day Parade years ago, to get his job back and then be promoted. Mm. Right? This is the same type of policy that if it wasn't for the indictment, which we're going to get to now... Ryan Panow would have had his arbitration hearing. Mm. Or to say, if it wasn't for the criminal investi- the, the, the criminal investigation into Ryan Panow, that he would have got his job back. Now, here's something else people don't know. Ryan Panow, the reason that the arbitration kept being postponed is because in order to get an arbitration here to do an arbitration hearing, Ryan Panow has to testify. And that they could have used that, the, the DA's office could have used that testimony that Ryan Panow did to present to the grand jury. So they, he wasn't going for arbitration until he knew that he was out, out of the clear. But he wasn't out the clear because on September 4th, District Attorney Larry Krasner announced Ryan Panow was indicted for criminal homicide 
possession of a crime, of an instrument of crime, and recklessly endangering another person. As he should have been in July of 2010 with attempted murder for trying to kill Cardinal William Carney. Mm-hmm. And honestly, they should open up, they should reopen that case. Absolutely. Brandon Tate Brown. I mean, Brandon Tate Brown. Well, we're not done, Flood. Absolutely. So for all the people who think like, oh, David Jones, the cop was charged, now they're going to, no, we're not chilling. It's not over. You know what I'm saying? I will say this. Um, Larry Crash. what'd you say? No, no, go ahead. I ain't saying no. Oh, Larry Krasner that morning. Well, but actually, before we get to that morning, when you found out, because you and I, I, you know, we had knew um, that weekend, that Friday, we had gotten word from sources that now was going to be indicted. It wasn't reported until... Yeah, let me address that. I'm going to address that. Okay. I'm going to address that. Let me address this, Flood. Because, yes... We, we, you know, we heard the news of Powell now being indicted and everything like that. But, you know, as, you know, good people throughout this movement, when we're asked to do stuff, we do it. So when we're asked not to go public with information, we don't go public with information. As you can see, it's a lot that y'all heard on these podcasts all week that we never said publicly. Mm. We're saying that now because he's charged, the indictment has been unsealed. So we can speak about all these things. But a lot of this stuff, Flood knew. I knew already. Mm-hmm. We just didn't say it publicly, and that's why y'all see our frustration. That's why we were so mad, angry throughout all this, because a lot of stuff that y'all hearing now, we knew already. Mm-hmm. You understand? But yeah, so when we heard about it, we were asked not to say anything publicly. You had some morons, some idiots who wanted to grandstand to say, oh, look at me, look at me. I heard from my sources, or I know that nobody... the, the the, the documents, grand jury testimony didn't get unsealed until that Monday morning. Mm-hmm. So if anybody posted anything before Monday morning talking about Ryan Powell now was going to be indicted or anything like that, it was hearsay. Mm-hmm. So, and look, th- and me as a journalist, I could have I could have outscooped every outlet in the city if I wanted to. Right. I posted it that Friday afternoon when I found out. And can I say this too, Flat? I'm glad you brought that up. You definitely could have. And you know why I fucks with you? Because I know it's a lot of information that you knew throughout this whole case. You ain't used this shit to try to make new articles. Oh, breaking news. Look what I know. No, because you knew it's an investigation going on. Like, you knew, you knew what, what has to happen. That's why I always fuck with you. Because you wasn't on no... You trying to promote your, 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 your reporter shit. Like, you trying to... You mean, oh, like, go look at me. I want to be the number one journalist in the city. I got breaking news. I'm like, no, fuck that. Mm-hmm. That's why shit worked out how it worked out because you were the main one behind everything, knowing all the information. If I ain't know it, if you ain't know it, it's not fucking one hundred. <laughs> it's not real, right? Right. And <laughs> that's the bottom news. line. Yeah. And that's how that shit went. And that's why I'm glad you brought that up because you got a lot of motherfuckers out here. When as soon as they hear some information, they want to throw it to social media. Throw it. Mm. That's why sometimes I throw some shit out there that's some bullshit. You see motherfuckers, they all oh, damn that's fucked up. Just look, look how stupid motherfuckers is, man. Mm. Like it's crazy. Y'all really got the. Dig yourself sometimes. So, yeah, we knew about the indictment, but we were asked not to say nothing publicly. So when I found out, like I said, it was about 2 in the fucking morning. And I, and I was like, I, I'm going to say I was like the happiest man in, in, in the fucking city. Mm-hmm. Like, because I always envisioned it like that. I always envisioned. I was like, yo, when the indictment comes down, somebody will call me like early in the fucking morning. I'm going to be waking up and went down just like that. Mm-hmm. And then I called you later that morning. I was on yep. a bike trail and you were just kind of like, like waking up in the fog, like, yo, is this real? Like, this real happening? <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Cause I told my wife, I said, man, I got to talk to Flood, but I didn't want to call you. Cause I'm like, yo, it's too fucking late. I want to call you. 
I said, I'm away. I know you're going to call me in the morning. I said, this shit crazy. I can't even go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when I talk to you, I'm like, man, this shit crazy. But I, you know, all weekend, I'm like, oh, I'm just, oh, I'm like, this shit crazy. People are like, what's up? I'm like, man, about man, Like, you know, the only person knew was my wife because she's with me when I got the call. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, yeah, you know, I was like, man, it is. I'm like, that's, it, it was just like the same feeling, but it was a better feeling when I heard he, he, he was getting fired. Because mm-hmm. I said his mm-hmm. steps, termination, uh, charge, and then conviction. We got two of the three steps, man. This, mm-hmm. is, this is beautiful, man. I, I just want to correct the grand jury indictment and uh, the grand jury presentment was unsealed Tuesday morning. Monday was Labor Day. Uh, yeah, Tuesday. I'm so, yeah, Tuesday yeah, that's morning. right. Yeah, I keep forgetting it was a holiday. You're right. Yeah, that Tuesday on the 4th. And so we 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 arrived to the DA's office. Ike meets me there. He's already there. Um, it's like Christmas morning. And we're like, oh, man, this is this is really happening. So fast forward to Larry's comments. Uh, he said some really interesting things that day one is he said, you know, we're here doing something that's, quote, regrettably unusual in the city of Philadelphia. He went on to say, like many other American cities, Philadelphia is a place where there has not been accountability for activity by police officers in uniform, especially when that activity involves violence against civilians. He went on to say that there has been a tremendous, that this is a direct quote, I think there has been a tremendous lack of accountability for police officer misconduct, police crimes, in many jurisdictions in the United States for a long time. And I don't think Philadelphia is an exception. I think it has been good politics here and elsewhere for a very long time for district attorneys who wanted to run for higher office, especially statewide office, to be inappropriately close to the police union that might recommend them to all the other police unions across the state. I think that's how you go from being DA to governor. There has been a political use of this office that is cons- that is inconsistent with the oath to pursue justice. And I listened to the whole press conference because, like I said, they wouldn't let Ike roll up. You know, shout out to Ben Waxman. You know, ain't about nothing. But, you know, I listened... <laughs> I listened to the whole press conference downstairs. Okay, so you were listening to the press conference what? Right, I listened to it, and I heard what he said. He was The thing about Larry, that's why I told people I fucked with Larry. Because remember, when, you know, when you first, he was like, yo, you know, talk to him. Like, he, you got to talk to him. And when I talked to him, I'm like, yo, like, when I said the word, I, I said, yo, he sound like an average nigga. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's what I said. I'm like, yo, mm-hmm. this shit crazy. Then mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, but the way he said it, he right. People use the office, but that's the problem. What he said is the truth, but people say, oh, why you say it? No, that's what needs to be said because it's the fucking truth. The office has been used for people to try to be governor, try to be whatever. Like, I'm saying? Because that's what what ruthless Theft Williams, you know, wanted to be. He was working to be governor, and he was one of those politicians who used that office. He was inappropriately close with the police union. He was inappropriately close with the former uh, police commissioner, Charles Ramsey. He was not prosecuting police officers. He didn't want to reopen the case for Brandon Tate Brown, who was shot by a police officer in the 15th District, when he found out that the narrative that was told to him was a lie. They want to use the word misstatement or misinformation. They lied, right? There's a big difference right. between reaching in the car for a gun and running the fuck away. You know what I'm saying? That's not a false narrative. That's a lie. And I think what people don't understand, uh, from a, you know, the, the underlying uh, truth uh, on this David, on the Ryan Panow indictment is that I am almost, I am willing to bet, and I know there's no way to prove this, but I, I so believe if Larry Krasner was not elected as the district attorney, we would not be here talking about this. No, we wouldn't. Flood, don't, no, you can, I don't, what you say, uh, you, you say you don't, you don't know if it's true. No, I don't know true. if I can prove it. 
No, no, no. It's it's proven. You, you, we have evidence of it. It's been proven. When has it happened? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I guess that's fair. So, I mean, it was important that D.A. Krasner, who ran on uh, a platform of, of keeping cops accountable, holding them accountable, prosecuting them if it's necessary. Uh, I don't believe that he that we would have had another D.A. who walked into the office in January and announced an indictment in September. So Not shout out to Larry Krasner. Shout out to Tracy Tripp, all the hardworking ADAs and investigators uh, in, in that office. You know, uh, I know you guys are just doing your job, but you went above and beyond the call of duty, in my opinion, to make sure that the, that the charges you bought were, um, were, were consistent with what happened. Uh, and uh, here's a quote from Krasner. We are very confident we are making the right charging decision. So they took their time. They made the right charges. And now, look, you know, we go, we're heading towards the preliminary trial. This is going to be a blockbuster case. Ryan Pana has one of the best lawyers in the city, Fortunato Perry, who has defended multiple celebrities, including Beanie Siegel. And then you have Larry Krasner, who before becoming DA, was one of the top defense attorneys in the city. And although Krasner will unlikely be able to go in the case and prosecute this one himself, the fact that you have a guy like Krasner preparing his team for battle to go against Fortunato Perry, this is going to be a can't-miss trial. Flood, this is like I told you before, man. It's gonna be like uh the OJ trial, man. Mm-hmm. Like this is history. You have a, a police officer charged with first degree murder, and the murder is on video. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like, how can you get out? I mean, any rational person, you can't look at that video and say he was right, justified in shooting this man. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm been saying from day one. That's what you've been saying from, from day one. And shout out to Benny Siegel, too, man. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And Ryan Pano is now currently state property. <laughs> no, not yet. Well, he's, he's, he's county property right he's now. He ain't going state. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Once he get convicted, it'll be state property. Okay. Yeah, he, he, he's he, uh, he county property right now. He's in the county. Mm. Yeah, piece of shit. <laughs> Looking at his picture right now, motherfucker. And so, you know, so, so, so after the indictment was announced, uh, Ike Raw and I, along with Reverend Clay and Lynn Falk, uh, had a press conference outside of the district attorney's office. Ike, uh, you know, we were we were we were on all of the news stations that night. But the photo that came out was Ike holding this picture of of Ryan Pownow. Now, what people may not know is that this is a picture that Ike has had on his board above his head when he does his live videos since the day David Jones was killed. He wrote "murder murderer" on Ryan Pownow's forehead. Um, did you write anything new when the indictment came down? Was it because I know there was some more writing on that paper? Did you write something else? Yeah, no, no, that was a different one. You know, I have several okay. of them. But okay. I have one on his forehead when he got fired. That was the fire one. That's the one I had behind us when we do the show. Mm-hmm. And when he got indicted, I wrote indicted on his forehead. Mm-hmm. So then, when once he get convicted, I'll have one, and then I'll write convicted <laughs> on his forehead. So mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So now, now I can, uh, your your children, you know, you're very smart. And they knew what you were about. They knew what you had spent your summer doing. How did you break the news to them that the, that the, that what you had been working for, getting this cop convicted, had actually happened? Well, I told um, it was so funny because you know my my son is the main one who be on my top about you know justice with David Jones. So that morning, you know, I was leaving out, and he was like, "Where you going?" Cause, you know, I couldn't drop him off to school. Oh, no, no, I did drop him off to school. I dropped him off. I said, "That's what happened." We was talking in the car. So he's like, "Where you going?" I said, "The cop that uh, killed David Jones getting locked up." He looked at me. He was like. 
about time. He's like, good, dad. He was like, good, yeah, yeah. He's like, justice for David Jones. Mm. Now, how old was your son, 10? Nah. Nah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, so he was happy. My, my daughters, and I told my daughters later on, they was like, uh, they was like, that's what's up. Because, you know, my um, my oldest, you know, she always want to do a protest. So, like, if she hears something happen on the news, she always think I'm going to be protesting. Or, like, it could happen in New York or something. Like, mm. the, the little baby that got killed a couple months ago, I forgot her name. But they had heard about it. She was in New York. And she was like, y'all going to do a protest for baby? Uh, I forgot her name. I said, well, I, you know, I ain't hear nothing about, about the family, nothing like that, you know. I said, if they reach out, then, you know, I see what's going on. But mm-hmm. yeah, my family, you know, my kids is very in tune to, you know, what's going on out here. Like they, you know, especially my son, you already know. And so, you know, I like I said before, I told the media that, you know, Ryan Panow killed David Jones, but Ryan Panow was viciously enabled uh, by the city. Um, you know, Ike expressed his feelings and, and said it's about time. And, and, you know, and he divulged to the media, as he's done before, that Larry Krasner was the first vote that he had casted. And uh, Ike, I can't even imagine in your head, in your heart, how, what all this means to you from somebody who had never protested before to see a cause, get involved, see a candidate that they believed in, get involved in that, vote for that candidate, hold that candidate accountable, and then that candidate returns the, the, the type of verdict you were pushing for. You saw the process from beginning to end in real time in a way that most people will never get to experience it. Yeah, I mean, that's why it's, it, it's it's real. I get real emotional about it. Like, you know what I'm saying, not to be on no looking for sympathy and all that bullshit, because you already know how I am, but it's true. Like, you know what I'm saying, I, I I never protested. I never voted before. Like, you know what I'm saying, the per- that's why I kept saying it's real. Even, like, remember a couple weeks ago when Larry and them was at the convention center mm. and he was having to uh, talk Criminal about... Criminal Justice Symposium. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, as soon as I heard about that, oh, he's going to be there. Let me go down there. Larry, <laughs> why is it taking so? What's going on? Oh, I appreciate you asking me. You've asked me this in public before. He said, you know, you should, you know I'll tell you. Just stay tuned. But, you know, like I told him, we talked after that, you know, after the convention zone as well. But I said, look, I'm telling the people, people telling me, Ike Raw, they, co- they charged the cop that killed Antoine Rules. They charged the cop that killed the man at Dorney Park. What's up? Like, I'm like, I see the same thing y'all see. I know what's going on. I'm like, yo, chill. I like, I said from the beginning, give him six months. I said, I know we know David Jones was murdered June, but he didn't get the case back until February. I said, so at least around August, and that's what when August hit. That's why I said, all right, what the fuck is going on? It's been six months. So, you know, I'm trust me, anybody who's watching, anybody see what's going on, no one was more, you know. Wasn't Ryan Pownow to be charged than me because I stepped into a voting booth and voted for Larry. I was knocking on doors, canvassing for Larry, all that shit. I ain't never do nothing out of my life. Mm. Like, you know what I mean, because I wanted to get involved. I felt the movement. I felt it. I'm like, yo, I got to get involved. Like, this shit real. Like, mm-hmm. he really going to get elected. He really going to be the one to charge this cop. Like, y'all really got to understand. Like, this he's not playing. Like, this shit real. Mm-hmm. So when I'm knocking on people's doors, like, they like, oh, what the fuck you want? What you doing? Oh, oh what's up? No, no, anything like that. Look, look. Like election, did you register to vote? Like, take this, you vote and move around there. Like, go vote. Like, it's Larry. He going to hear me. And then, just like you say, I, I, I walked through all this shit. Flood, first time voting, first time protesting, first time at a rally, first time doing a lot of shit. And then, you know, that's why I feel the way I am. Like, I could talk about that shit because, yeah, it's new to me. A lot of people probably protested before rally and get the results they wanted. They probably voted for somebody before and get the results they wanted. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I did this shit for the first time. I'm getting the results I wanted. Mm-hmm. So why not? Like, I'm feeling good. you fucking right. <laughs> um, so, look, I mean, that's where we are now. You know, we've, we've taken you on a journey. I hope that you guys appreciate it. You've learned about 
and, and, and look, I, I do feel confident in saying this. What you have heard over the last four days pertaining to this case, you will absolutely never hear in another outlet unless we're on it. There was no one more connected to this case than Ike Raw and I. No one so, can give you the type of insight that you just heard over the last four days. No one in this media market, in the fourth largest media market in the city, not NBC 10, not KYW, not Fox 29, not CNN, not the New York Times. But shout out to Andre Klein Thomas, though. You know, I love NBC 10. Oh, no, shout out to those because that's my uh, home. NBC 10, uh, Anzio Williams, who's the news director. He was the first place that I took the witness to because I had a relationship with him. They put the, they, they put the witness on TV. I can, that was a video you shared Absolutely. You know, hundreds of times on, on Facebook was the witness's first time on TV. Uh, I'm sitting right next to him, making sure the journalists don't try to trip him up and ask him no nut-ass questions. Right. <laughs> so YouTube and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We put mm-hmm. all that out there. That's how serious it was, man. We need to still like make sure y'all show up. Make sure y'all show up. September 19th, courtroom 306 at CJC at 9 a.m., man. Come see this cop. You know I mean, have his preliminary hearing for uh, first-degree murder. This is history in Philadelphia, y'all. We need to show up, man. Everybody, just like we supported Mike White. We had that courtroom packed. You mm. know what I'm so come on out, man. It's real, man. Let's do it. Absolutely. Ike Raw, how can people find you on uh, social media? How can they keep connected with you? All right, uh, y'all can connect with me. If y'all on Twitter, I'm at at Ike Raw 1977. If you're on Instagram, I'm at North Philly Ike Raw. If you're on Facebook, I'm I-K-E-Y-R-E-W Ike Raw or Isaac Gardner, I-S-A-A-C-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. That'd be me too. Like you know what I'm saying? So make sure you download the Raw Talk with Ike Raw podcast. That's my podcast on, you know, you can listen to it wherever you can listen to podcasts at. Love to tell you how that shit go down when you see his shit. So <laughs> also, YouTube. Ike Raw TV, subscribe to the channel. Got some more shit. I'm going you know, to post a video later on. I got some shit I'm going to post on there too for y'all, man. So I appreciate everybody that been supporting me and Flood, man. Especially, man, Flood. Like I heard, you know, I know y'all just heard some exclusive shit, especially about Word Radio. I'm going to just close it like this. <clears throat> I have no animosity. Mm-hmm. I have no, I, right, I have no hatred. I have none of that. Like mm-hmm. I'm, just a, I'm just a type of individual. I cannot be changed. I cannot be muted. I cannot be bought off. I don't give a fuck what it is. Mm. I'm, I'm always going to be me. I'm always going to fight for my people, love my people. I don't care if you like me, whatever, whatever. We can sit down, we can chop it up, we can smoke something together, we can drink something together. Not smoke something, we can smoke some weed together, marijuana, that's it. Or we can drink something. But all that other shit, I ain't with it. But, I mean, it is what it is. But I'm Mikey Raw. Shout out to Flood the Drummer, as y'all heard. He can still be on Word if he was a fucking creep. If he was running like, <laughs> no, real shit. If he was running these crumb bums like in the city, like, I bet, you know, People know Ike Raw been connected with certain motherfuckers in the city, and y'all see they don't fuck with me, I don't fuck with them no more, and y'all see what happened to them, and y'all see what happened to me. So mm. just pay attention to shit. Like crumb bums will do you dirty. Flood the drummer can still be on the radio. If he wanted to be, if he was thirsty to be on the radio, I'm telling y'all right now, Flood can be on word right now. He can be on the radio right now if he wanted to be. He's not on the radio because they wanted to get rid of Ike Raw, and Flood said, fuck no, it's not going down like that. Then they tried to backtrack and bring Ike Raw back just to close out a week or try to have me on nighttime. No, no, fuck all that. So that's what happened, y'all. So shout out to Flood, man. Straight up, I appreciate up, man. that, man. And shout out to you and the sacrifices you made, you know, not just for the David Jones movement, but while we were on the radio, I know that there was, a, you know, months where you weren't able to walk your kids to school and the sacrifices you made to make sure that you were at every rally or every event where the politicians were and holding them accountable. This is the true definition of teamwork makes the dream work. You know what I'm saying? And, and there are people in Philadelphia today who, who believe that it's a safer place 
because Ryan Panow was off the street because this case was brought to the mass attention and, and it only takes two or three people. So for, your, for all those who are listening, you know, I want to be very clear about this. If there's a cause for which you truly believe in, sacrifice for it and find other people who are willing to sacrifice for it, even if they're only two other people. Don't get caught up in the numbers. Don't get caught up in the media coverage. If you do great, the media and the opportunities will follow you. But if you seek out the media and you seek out the opportunities and you use your pursuit of justice as a guise for, your, uh, for proliferating your own celebrity, you will be found out. And that's not the way to go about life. Do what you do with integrity and you'll be successful, whatever that means to you. So you can follow me across social media at Flood the Drummer, anchor.fm slash Flood the Drummer. Search for Drumming for Justice on Apple Podcasts. Leave a comment, leave five stars, share it with your friends. Tell your friends about the podcast series, right? I mean, if you, if you have friends who, who only know, you know, kind of a little bit about the David Jones, tell them to take the weekend and spend four hours digging into this podcast and corresponding it with articles online. And I guarantee you, they will come out of it with a greater appreciation for activism, a greater appreciation for Flood the Drummer, a greater appreciation for Ike Raw, but more importantly, a greater appreciation for what is possible when you're willing to sacrifice everything. So for Ike Raw, until next time, I'm Flood the Drummer, and I'm drumming for justice. Thank you.